Hello and welcome to another Nine Circles Audio Thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke. And on this episode, I am joined by Matt Price from the band Behold the Monolith. Matt, how are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Doing real good. Matt, I, uh, I told you at the introduction before I hit the record button that I have been following you. As fans listening to this, they may be wondering who the hell's behold the monolith. I, you know, For listeners who have been following me, back in 2015, you guys released Architects of the Void. That's correct. Now, I will say this. I love that album, and I mentioned it a ton on my old podcast and the Metalheads podcast. And I would be lying if I said you guys kind of dropped off my radar because, you know, Fair. you guys weren't releasing anything. Right. And, <laughs> then, and then, and then, my friend, I'm working out. And Crown... And the Insurmeasurable Void track came on on Spotify. Okay. And I was like, who is this? And I looked and I saw Behold the Monolith and I'm like, they're back. Nice. Matt, I know we've had COVID and we've had a pandemic and you guys have had a little lineup shift. But what the heck's been happening in the Behold the Monolith camp that it took till 2022 for new material, my friend. Well, uh, you know, we had it. We, we like you said, 2015 was when the last one came out, uh, and then towards uh, let's see, uh, we we 2000. Well, it was towards the end of 2015, and then 2016 we got asked to play Roadburn and got a European tour, and then it was evident when we got back from that for a few different reasons, our vocalist wasn't working out. So yeah. we parted ways with him. Uh, and we actually got a replacement right off the bat. This, uh, our friend, uh, Kate, it could, I always screw up, butcher yeah. her. But, uh, Kate is what her friends know her as she filled, she stepped in and it looked like we were just going to go to a keep, keep it at a four piece. Cause we were a three piece before. And then it just, it just kind of, just stuff started happening, like like Kaz, who was playing bass for us. He plays with Sasquatch. Sasquatch started getting busy, and then and then I got uh, a, a brief gig doing some fill-in shows for Armored Saint. Um, just you know, I I like I just mentioned it. Yeah, I filled in a couple of times for this Armored Saint band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might they, check them out. They're uh, they might go somewhere. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, I've known Jeff. Uh, the, one of the guitar players for years. Uh, he's the guy that took the place of Dave Pritchard way back when. So he's like, yeah. from what I've been told and from what I've seen, he's like, I think he's the only other member of Armored Saint. They've been a really solid unit. You know what I mean? And like when John Bush went and did the Anthrax thing, they just kind of took a break or whatever. But uh, so it was kind of an honor actually that they thought of me uh, just because I was friends with Jeff and they knew I could play. And I filled in on some, uh, 
Jeff had pulled me into a couple other things. Like we did a, a, a Brian Slagle's 50th birthday party. They did a surprise birthday party for him. And I guess one of the guitar players wasn't working out. They were going to have like a little house band playing like covers and stuff and have a bunch of singers get up. And he's like, Hey, let's get Matt. You know, even though I wasn't on the metal blade band. Sorry. <laughs> hey i got i got dogs here too it's cute i, I uh, love it uh so anyway uh so yeah armored saying it was really rad to do that you know that was like a really cool thing uh that was also in 2016 and uh yeah it's kind of cool when you're on stage in front of a good crowd because they're playing you know festivals and they were up towards the top like headbangers open and nord open air and uh uh there was one other one but uh man hearing john bush's vocals coming back at you through the monitors it's it's, it's, it's awesome man that guy's got some pipes. goosebumps but, uh, yeah yeah and then also in 2016 me and chase did a fill-in thing which turned into a regular thing for a bit as the rhythm section i picked up a bass and chase our drummer we joined up joined up before dying for a tour with voivod and entombed ad uh, which is awesome. Wow. Yeah. And then that turned into us staying and that was an awesome tour. I, I could do a whole podcast on just how much fun that was and how awesome it was to meet. And I actually wound up being a Voy vibes tech from that tour too. It didn't work oh, out. Okay. So the, the tour manager came up to me and uh, was like, Hey, will you do that? And I became fast friends with the band and, and me and Chewy still stay in touch. And, I've, I've actually taken a, a, I'm not ashamed to say I've taken a guitar lesson or two over the pandemic with him, you know, nice. Um, via Skype. Uh, so that was awesome. But yeah, that was our 2016. So then we get 2017. Sasquatch was taking a lot of Kaz's time. Kate was having visa issues. Um, and it just kind of started lulling out, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then me and Chase stuck with the Lord Dying thing. And we did that last Lord Dying record with them. And we toured again with them in 2019. And then that was around the time I just, we just decided, well, Kaz left um, we, amicably. Um, he just got so busy with Sasquatch. He's like, hey guys, I want to stick around, but I feel like I'm holding you guys back. I'm going out for a tour. If you guys want to jam with somebody while I'm gone and if it works out, you know, let's, I'm not quitting the band, but like, and so we called up my buddy Menno, who I've jammed with. I, I'm in a, I met him uh, doing a uh, Venom cover band, like a tribute. Oh, band. nice! Yeah. So, and then we became friends. We, I've known him uh, of of him. Like we play, I played a show, Behold, one of we, one of our early shows with this old band, The Carterized, and and we saw him pl play a few times with uh, Lightning Swords of Death as the bass player, and saw him open for Immortal and. So it just kind of happened. And then what would happen is, you know, like I said, Kate was just really busy and she sounded great. And it would have been a totally different band because, you know, she had some serious pipes uh, and stuff, but she wasn't really available and she was doing a lot of photography and she was having to travel a lot. And uh, so it was just the three of us playing and it just brought us back to that three piece kind of vibe. But that's where we started. You know what yep. I mean? Like when, when Kevin passed away, our first bass player and vocalist part of the reason we went to the four piece was that we thought it would be better respect to him not to try to replace him just try to do something different you know so we brought in a vocalist 
and a bass player. And uh, so, but we felt, it just felt right. It just felt really good with Neno. And we're like, hey, let's just for shits and giggles, you know, try to learn some of the vocals. And Neno did it and it sounded great. And it just felt more right than it had. You know what, you know, Matt, if somebody had not known this whole backstory, Right. The behold the monolith, the 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 DNA is there. So my God, yeah. talk talk about lightning in a bottle you guys have been able to to capture. Yeah, you know, it's it's I'm I'm not taking it for granted, which is why I'm trying really hard to get some stuff going this time and, and keep the momentum happening. Cause like, you know, we've had you know, we we've had a few few chances, you know, and a few different, you know, obviously the thing with Kevin was tragic and of course. We, we got over that when I got over, don't get over something like that, but we were able to move forward. And then we had the typical band bullshit, you know, like <laughs> front band syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just, just band drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just like, you know, we have all that stuff, but like, but we're always, we're always able to kind of get back on our feet. And I feel like we're more on our feet now than even with architects and the boy, like we just get along super well. Um, that's part of the reason I was a little bit late for this podcast was we were, uh, I forgot this was our last rehearsal before Psycho Las Vegas. And oh. I, had pack, I had to pack my shit. What <laughs> a lineup you're playing with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like we're doing that and uh, we got a tour. We just dropped the thing uh, kind of, kind of a little bit soon before the tour. It took a while to put it together, but we've got a little tour starting next month. Oh no, it's September, September, mid September. Um, so yeah, I mean, lightning in a bottle. It, it, this time, it feels like I said the most right, or the most right it's felt since like Defender Redeemus when it was just me, Kevin, and Chase. And the whole premise of the band was like we just wanted it to be three friends. You know, that was we've all been in other bands, we've all like done stuff and this and that, and it's like we we don't really have time. We want to get along with each other. So like this lineup just feels right and has since it got together and. There's no drama and everybody does their part and everybody shows up and, uh, and I'm really hoping we can tour some more. I'm really hoping we get to Europe. Uh, you know, you guys have such a great, heavy, doomy, you know, stoner metal sound. It's just, just to say the, the tag that, you know, some websites put on you guys is like a stoner band. I would say you guys just have just a kick-ass, heavy, doomy sound that i think everybody needs to recognize and like i mentioned crown the immeasurable void that middle riff part when you guys are just jamming oh oh man i'm getting goosebumps on my arm like i've had that if when spotify gives me my end of the year stats if that's not my song of the year i don't know what the heck i've been listening to then um thank you man thank you so you know, with the the pandemic and all these lineup changes and everything like that, when are we talking? When did you say, "Hey, you know what? Let's start kicking the tires on this again"? Honestly, we were uh, well, two thousand. I think Benno joined in twenty towards the end of twenty eighteen. Twenty nineteen was the last of the we forgot when we recorded uh, the Lord Dying record, uh, but we had done it. We did a tour with them in two thousand nineteen, and then. A whole was starting to do shows again. We did a show with uh, Sourvein and Sixteen, and uh, another show with Nebula and Sasquatch. Uh, we're still super tight with Kaz. When, when I mentioned band drama, it's never involved in Kaz. Kaz yeah. is like the 
baddest dude ever. Um, Matt, so, but 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 do you you know really quick to, before you get back to the question, you must get people asking you, man, where the hell's Monolith? What's up with them, you you guys? Yeah, I mean it, it did. Like we were on tour with uh with 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 uh Lord Dying, you know, we'd have people in certain towns, you know, ask about us. The uh one of the guys who was who is Ko, who plays in Rotten Sound, who's also on that N2 Voivod tour, is also a Behold fan. I didn't even know, and and uh, he's like, "Oh, we gotta get you out here." So yeah, we'd find people along the way that just like, uh, I was just like, "What are you guys doing?" And I always felt like, "Cause that's my baby." I mean, I love playing guitar, and I'll if it's a cool gig and I like it and I can make it make sense. I yeah. I love playing guitar for other people, but like Behold, you know, I've got some sentimental attachment to it, especially with the whole friend and Kevin thing. And, yeah, uh, you know, up until this point, I've written almost everything uh, that's changed with this record, which is another awesome thing. Is Meadows really jumped, you know, stepped up? Uh, so, what was the question? <laughs> no, the the you know, and I have a habit of doing that because I tell you, this is this is like audible ADD. We really bounce around a lot. But my original question was the past couple years. When, if here we are in August of 2022, when did you guys really start hammering this? Out because I know different places of the country locked down more than others, and you couldn't go places. And you guys are in LA, so yes. you were like me here in Maryland. You guys were, you know, almost some of the strictest lockdown in countrywide. Yeah, you know what happened was the lockdown was kind of I won't call it a blessing, but uh, for one thing, I like I didn't mind the lockdown as much as some people. You know, uh, we got by. Me and my girlfriend hung out and. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, I might have to take this chew toy away from my cock. In a hey, it's, hey, I interviewed, when I interviewed Kirk Weinstein, his, you would think big Kirk Weinstein, the crowbar, big tough guy, big dogs. Right. No, I think he had a couple of small little dogs running all over him. So, right. I, yeah, I, don't, okay. I, 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 I don't mind. We, we have a puppy who, uh, well, we had an older dog pass away a couple months ago and uh, oh. we, this, we adopted a new pup and he's a little guy. And he's gonna stay a little guy, but man, he's just like. I rescued. Hey, I just rescued a new dog too. So uh, she's been doing the same thing. Right on. Um, yeah, there. I, I couldn't see not having a dog. Yeah. But uh, back to your question. Um, I'd say, uh, well, 2019, we were starting to do shows again, and then we're like, okay, and we we had we had Crown written. Crown was the song that was written when Kate was still in the. That's the one song we pulled in from that. I was like the first song we write. That's how it is with Behold. There's always like one like backbone song. And we build the rest of the album around that kind of. And Crown, The Immeasurable Void, it was that. Um, we had Cyclopean Dread, which is also the second track. Actually, yep. the tracks on the record, we did it in a way that flows. But it also is, it, I noticed after we assembled the record and made side A and side B, like right lengths and the flow and everything it was actually kind of in the order that we wrote the song which mm. is kind of it just happened to work out that way so we had those two songs and we were doing those shows and so we were just writing and we we're like okay we want to get with billy anderson we're going to make that happen we could do this record again and boom COVID happens beginning of 2020 and we're like shit you know we can't do anything so we decided because we were still getting together i mean we, we were locked down but the three of us were all just staying in our apartments. So we, yeah. you know, we trusted each other 
and you know we'd wear masks sometimes and then when we started feeling more comfortable we wouldn't because everybody was just like nobody was doing anything we were locked yeah. down getting our amazon food to the board <laughs> like, yep <laughs> bringing it down all this stupid bullshit i was doing the same yep i was doing the yep. same thing yep oh. but we'd still jam you know I, I was still jamming with them and uh i started jamming with some other people too that didn't really pan out just like kind of a different more rock thing just because like I actually used that time to really, I played a lot of guitar like during the pandemic. Uh, but we just decided, okay, let's demo this thing. So we, oh. did, we, de- we demoed the record from front to back, pretty much exactly except for the running order. Uh, we demoed all the songs. We had them all written um, and we were going to send it to Billy thinking like, this is going to be it. We contacted Billy. They were still locked down. I, honestly, we didn't hear back from him right away. Um, and he was starting to do that stuff later on with like uh, Pike and the Automaton and stuff like that. And, um, but we got the demo together ourselves. And I'm really lucky. I've got this awesome girlfriend. For That's another thing that happened in 2016 is I started going out with uh, Katie. There you and, go. And uh, right when we got back from Europe. and uh, But she also plays in the band called High Priestess on Ripple. And she is a... Um, she's a recording engineer and like oh lucky you but you know isn't that kind of one of those things you don't sleep where you butter your bread or something you know isn't there (laughs) worked out you know it wasn't like a a planned thing but like i sat and watched high priestess get together like she met you know them i think around the same time her and i started seeing each other or when we first met and like yeah uh, and then she's like, she recorded that first High Priestess record. And the second one, she's great at what she does, you know, and she, she works in audio. I mean, that's oh, what she, she does an amazing job. So, you know, we were like, we had this demo that she helped us mix. I mean, we recorded all the stuff ourselves. Um, like, we just put up cheap mics to the drums, and uh, really cheap, like, I think I'd used a Zoom and just recorded the practice room. And, <laughs> uh, hey, there's uh, some black metal fans somewhere who would probably love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's releasable. I mean, what was happening was like we would send the, uh, the demo around, and some people were saying you should release this, and we we're like, no, no, we shouldn't. No. That's nice to say that, but like, no. Um, <laughs> and I get it on a first listen; it does sound pretty good, but then you start hearing, okay, well, the, the drums are a little weak, and this and that. But it, but it has some attitude, and uh, so we've recorded that, and uh, they were like fuck it, let's just, uh, and the pandemic kept going back and forth, like it opened up and then it would close down. And yep. we we're all, we we're all broke. I mean, we had, you know, the, 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 the Trump checks or whatever, but like, yeah, bear weren't helping was, anybody. Yeah. Nobody was working, you know, we yeah. we're like, I can't, we can't go. And, 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 and Billy's not an expensive guy, really. I mean, he's, he charges what he's worth, but like, he's not, he doesn't break the bank, you know, he'd rather do a job than not do a job. But we just couldn't figure out like the logistics of like flying up to Portland or flying him down here and the whole COVID thing and the money. So we were just like, let's record it ourselves. What we don't, what we didn't have was money, but what we did have was time. So like, so what we, we just, I got better at like getting guitar sounds and learned a little bit about biking amps and Katie knew some of that stuff too. And, and uh, we went to a real studio, uh, they got the drums and uh and then we just like we, we, we took our time and and we recorded the bass and the guitars and the vocals as 
you know, you know, until it sounded right. And so that's how we got it. So <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. It was like the money we, we had a little bit of money and the three of us put our money together and I bought a little uh, Apollo, you know, uh, one of those nice recording devices and it's not, you know, so it worked out, you know, and we recorded everything ourselves and then Katie wound up mixing it. Oh man, that the so, rest is history. That yeah. you know what? Had you not told me all this, Matt, you would not know. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. And that's and that's that's, that's a testament yeah. to the work the four of you guys all put in well, and Katie's work, you know, the three of you and her work really put into it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was a lot. I, I feel bad for Katie because you know, we we did pay her, but we didn't, you know, we we you know, because people should should get paid for what they do. Yeah. Um, even if it's your girlfriend or your uncle or yep. your, you know, but, uh, would you do it again that way? I absolutely would. I'd make sure we paid her more, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she should have, I mean, she was, she was <clears throat> kind of the secret. Well, when Menno is like the not so secret weapon. I mean, me and Chase have been doing this for a long time and Menno's a badass, but the secret weapon behind this record and not, I'm, I know I'm biased in saying this, but like she did such a great job and she was so patient and I gave her. I'm a little neurotic. So like I was recording guitar, the same guitar part, like five different ways. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not a recording engineer. I would like, I'd try it with the, with the mics <laughs> this way. And then I try it with this new, uh, there's a little bit of fake amps on there, but it's, you know, there's mostly yeah. real, but there's a little bit with the technology. I just recorded it a bunch of different ways. And I was like, okay, you take it, whatever sounds the best music. So she had to go through all these different, like, you know, the oranges mic'd up properly, the oranges with, you know, going through uh, whatever they call it, uh, uh, IR simulator, you know, but like I said, it, the whole record has at least like two layers of real guitars. Um, I'm, I shouldn't be giving this away, but- uh, That is, but, so, know, that is cool just, though. Yeah, it's totally cool. And like, yeah, for the next record, I would love it to be all like microphones and, and it was, like I said, it's most even the fake amps. There was like a real hand behind it because it was like. But like, but 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 you know what though, Matt? The way you I you know you're saying it all, and the way I'm I'm looking at it, that this is just truly a product of how the world was then: adapt, improvise, over overcome. Yes. Yep, that's, it's that's, not that's, a negative thing at all. It's you know we no, all no. had to do we all had to do things different. Right. No, no, no. And that's, that's exactly right. And I'm not, it's like the doom, the doom stoner metal scene, which I don't really think were our first record was very stoner metal, like stoner, yeah. you know, with, with the, the riffs and the, and the, and the, the little samples of people talking and this and that, you know, it was very, yeah. it's what it was trying to do. Defender Redeemers got a little bit more heavy metal and that's always, we've always just kind of wanted to be a metal you know but like we like the kind of metal we like are classic it's classic metal and a lot of classic metal is you know pentatonic and blue scale riffs or like basic harmonic minor riffs are very doom or stoner metal and the tones mm -hmm. we like are very old school and organic i'm not a big fan of uh noise suppressor metal where it's like dun, 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 you know that, that's not my thing uh i like it to breathe and i like tube amps and uh, <laughs> and that's what I was going to say is we got it to a certain point and then I got an orange and an orange endorsement and then I wound up 
retracking the rhythm guitars with the real amp. So, so there's, there's plenty of real, you know, stuff. So, yeah. You uh, know, having, having that, I just did an interview with Dave Davidson of revocation and he's a big guy. You know, he has his own signature line of everything under this. The guy's a a madman. Yes. How long did it take you before, you know, because let's get into a little bit of your history. How long did it really take before you discovered the Matt Price sound? That's interesting, man. I mean. Because I'm because me, I'm just a fan of music. I couldn't tell you. I know, hey, that's an orange or that's a Marshall, but I can't tell you when it gets down to like brass tacks, what really, what an orange can do over like that Marshall can do. Well, here's the thing is like the orange is great. Well, the thing about the orange is I plugged it in and it has like, that sound is just built right into it. It's got like that, that kind of, you, you can play that kind of thick, syrupy kind of corrosion of conformity riffage or you throw a little tube screamer on it and you can play like extreme metal type stuff so it's got all those are just right there you don't have to hunt mm-hmm. for the settings uh before that i was playing and, and it's some some on the record i've got like a deliverance the vht i think i guess fry it now which is amazing amp. uh the bogner i find that uh i don't know it's, it's always just been a sound in my head like when i started behold i was i was a I was over, I was a guitar teacher and I had, I had always played like heavy stuff or wanted to play heavy stuff. But sometimes as a, as a professional guitar player, I would be like, you know, just doing sessions on nothing you would ever heard, like once on mm-hmm. a commercial or this and that, but uh, you had to be kind of flexible and it wasn't always metal in that stuff. So when me and Kevin started Behold, I was like, I want this to be heavy and this, the sound to be this certain way. And a lot of this, the thing is, and my bandmates get really frustrated with me, <laughs> understandably. <laughs> it's like, my sound is, they say it's in your fingers, whatever. It's, it's in your brain and your fingers. It's like, I will I will turn the knobs until it sounds the same as the amp I had before. Ah. That's the, this, it's like, like, I used to have a friend that was like, he was just this ratty kind of punk rock guitar player. And no matter what he played, he always had this like, jang, 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 jang. <laughs> then he bought this really nice amp. I think it was a boogie or maybe it was an orange as well. And we're like, oh shit, okay, let's see. And then I saw and then he play, started and doing he, that, and he still had the same exact sound <laughs> because that's what he's hearing in his head. Yep. So like, so like, I just know I like a certain sound. Uh, it's not a scoop sound. It's got mid range. It's very much a hard rock, early heavy metal sound as well as a uh, modernish sound. I don't know, but it's just it's just my sound. It's just a sound, and I just if I'm playing on a in a, on a 5150 or an orange or a Bogner, I'm going to try to achieve that sound. Like I'm going to turn the knobs until I get that feeling. And then, but the orange does it like, uh, I'm not just saying this because I'm the no. door store, but the orange is you get to, I get there really easily. Like I can have mm-hmm. the, all the knobs on like 12 o'clock and do very little tweaking and get where I need to be. Oh, this one so. goes to, to 12, huh? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you know what? So if so, people listening to this right now and they dive into your discography, what what was it that I know with lineup changes and stuff aside? Why did you guys move away from that early sound you had? Was it boring for you, or you just kind of grew out of that phase? It was, it was not always. I think like the early early sound. I'm talking about the self titled. Um, yes. 
well, A, a we had a, a different drummer then who was a, as big of a, and he was like, and he's a great guy and a good, really good drummer, a uh, really great drummer, uh, much more of a rock, stoner rock drummer. And he loved like Pentagram. Uh, I think from that part of the country. I think what happened is he wound up moving right when we were about to record that record. So he recorded his drum tracks here. And then me and Kevin drove up to, uh, drove up to the Tenderloin and uh, of San Francisco and uh, recorded with Billy. And it was just the two of us and these drum tracks. And I think Billy had to do a little bit of editing, but I think that was like me and Kevin were more metalheads. Like, and I think stoner rock, like, like I said, I'm, I'm a guitar teacher too. And I, so I, I do a lot of like, I can play folk, I can play this, that, or the other. Yeah. Taught a lot of that stuff and done like acoustic gigs with people and all, all kinds of other stuff. But like, it's like for older players, like players older than me and stuff, I think a good meeting place for bands was like blues. Like you jam blues and, and then like, they would kind of stream out from that. You know what I mean? Like, cause that was like the music of its time. Very, very, very boomery, I guess. But like, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think Stoner Rock's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of not in a bad way, but it's, it's simple and it's like kind of easy to play. And those riffs are just all like, it's kind of just easy to jam to. So I think the first album was just us just jamming and we just, Hey, that's cool. Let's do that. You know? And then we got chased for Defender Redeemist and, uh, and that's when we got a little bit more uh, metal. You know, we had, we had, now we had a drummer that played double kick and uh, we were able to like start getting into like, even though not vocally, cause it was still like, you know, rough vocals or whatever, but like getting into our Iron Maiden or Slough Fig mm -hmm. kind of adoration and, you know, with more heavy metal riffs, um, a little bit of black metal stuff. And then, so that's why that first record was very much, a stoner, I, stoner metal doom album, I can say. Yeah. But as we progressed, even from Defender Redeemist on, there's been less and less of that. So there has, there most most certainly has. But you know, you guys, that's why when I heard Crown, I was like, this is not even, this is not even the same band that I recognize. Right. Right. It was. It's like you could hear that. The, I think there's some, like you said, the DNA's there. Um. Sorry, <laughs> dog. It's just, okay. Chewed some un. Uh, I've got to figure out what that was later. <laughs> Black ripped up something. Uh, um, dog chewed one of my Xbox controllers earlier today myself. So I'm. I was right. There. I was like, "What the? What is this joystick to? Yep, right? my new controller." Yeah, I, I came home the other day and wanted to play my my guitar here at my little setup, and uh, was getting no sounds. And I looked down and the cord was chewing <laughs> half. So, are you sure you didn't have a wild night, Matt, and chewed your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, okay, go go. But yes, the the DNA is still there. So let me get into teaching here. Oh, sorry. Go go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh no no, that's that was okay. There. I was I was gonna ask you about about teaching. Do you you still teach? I uh, I'm getting back into it. COVID kind of killed that. Okay, because like, I wasn't really set up when COVID hit to be the online guy, and I'm still kind of leery about that. I'm not. I keep thinking like, well, I'm going to do some YouTube videos or whatever. It's just like, I'm just, it's, it's not really my, I feel like, yeah, it, yeah. I feel like, it, yeah, I just not, you know, whatever, maybe I'll grow into it one day, but uh, I wasn't really set up to do the zoom guitar lessons right off the bat. And uh, the students I had were kind of like, you know, a lot of the kids were like, they were sick of being on fucking zoom all day 
with their Because they're in school all day with Zoom, and, and yeah. And they didn't want to do Zoom extracurricular stuff, and I totally understand that. So, like, yeah, it's coming back. It's it's coming. I've I've got not quite the clientele I used to, but uh, it's slowly coming back. So. Now, when I interviewed Dave, I didn't go down this path, but he does a lot of, of teaching and, you know, he's college educated in guitar sure. and stuff. The guy's, the guy's a madman. Do you have a college education in music or no, high school? No, just all? I did. I went, I, you know, I took jazz and jazz band in high school and I did go to MI, uh, Musicians Institute. Wow. Um, a long time ago. And uh, back before it was an accredited thing, it was like a year course. Yeah. And so I, I did do that. So and I, I've taken a, I love taking guitar lessons from time to time. I mean, I haven't, like I said, it's like, if I find a teacher, I'll go back, you know, I'll take a lesson or two. And, mm -hmm. you know, I took jazz lessons. I always, you know, I studied that stuff for a while only to find out I'm not really, I like, I love listening to jazz, but I'm just not, it's not, it doesn't speak to me. What speaks to me is riffs. I love riffs. It's not about not understanding the, the chord chemistry going on or mm -hmm. whatever. It's just like, those are cool sounds, but they're not for me. And actually, uh, actually, it's weird. I, I, I listen to, I'm, I'm all over the place right now, but what made me feel better about it was, uh, actually, I think it was a Devin Townsend interview. Like, I just was like listening and he's like, because everybody assumes he's a Zappa fan. He's like, eh, it's not really my thing. I, I can appreciate it and all this other stuff. But like, I think that hmm. was, I think it was Devin Townsend, but it made me feel better. So I had all this studying stuff, um, but it did help me. It did help me like earn my living as a guitar teacher for a long time. So, but you know, you 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 hear the term kids these days, and I'm 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 saying that as a 39 year old with a eight year old daughter in the other room. Um, do you see? Do do kids these days still value the riff? Like like guys growing up in the 70s and 80s were seeing like the Van Halens, the Tony Iommi's the not, you see that with kids these days it's these days i'm not teaching as many kid kids kids okay. like most um but some and a lot of times the kids i'm teaching are the weirdos that figured out like there's always something like years like a few years ago uh back in the the 2000s i guess whenever there was uh those video games like the the guitar hero and stuff guitar hero rock bands yep there's always a kind of like introductory thing going on. And like now, right, like right now they have the metallic thing, with stranger things. I have tried that. I've tried the new Metallica thing. There's a program because they have this popularity around them now. Yeah. yeah. I've had a couple of my younger students want to learn master puppets. So there's always like, <laughs> but it doesn't have the reverence of like when people like you or me were kids, like, and like, uh, you know, and that was just, it was all, because that was the music. What was your first riff that hooked you, that that made you go, whoa, wow? Honestly, it was, uh, the first riff was my friend and me had a, my friend had an older sister that had the heavy metal soundtrack from that 80s movie. Yes. It was uh, that version of the Mob Rules. <laughs> that like was like, oh shit. And then like, that was that was actually my intro to Black Sabbath, and then I, I went back. Okay, uh, it, Matt, I'm putting you on the question: Are are you a Dio or a Ozzy Sabbath guy? I have to, I have to say Ozzy. Well, oh. I th I'm a both guy. Let's put this <laughs> like I'm, I'm I I I don't like to participate in the what's what uh, 
I like Black Sabbath because like if there's a desert island band, like I could only have one band's discography on like a desert island. Like it would be Black Sabbath because it's like five different bands. You got the Tony Martin stuff, which is a little on the cheese side, but there's still some good stuff there. Born Again is one of my favorite albums. I love that album. Dude, is that the has in for the kill on it? Uh, no, that's the uh, that's seventh 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 star. Oh, yes. Oh, that, that's, that's with uh, that's Glenn that's Glenn Hughes. Yes. Ian Gillen was on the one with the Red Devil Baby. Born Again. Yep. Yes. Cool guy, and it's got Zero the Hero and Disturbing the Priest, and love that album. Um, but I have to say, classic Sabbath is classic Sabbath. So Ozzy is the rightful heir to that title but dio just made it a different band you know and yeah maybe they should have changed the name to something else but they didn't so it's to me as long as tony iomi's playing the riffs it's it can be black sabbath if he wants it to be is tony your rift god in a sense (laughs) yeah i would say so i would it sounds a little cliche but like uh yeah i think growing up i was more into like lead guitar and my riff guy might have been like glenn tipton Oh, um, I was a big Judas Priest fan too, um, and Iron Maiden too. You know, I, I, I used to Dave Murray used to be my favorite until I could appreciate the melodic sensibilities of Adrian Smith. You know what I mean? It's like and now, now they're kind of tied, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, Glenn Tipton was amazing. But he was, it was more like riffs and leads and the whole dual guitar thing. But yeah, if I had pound for pound, I mean Tony Iommi. I mean he invented. It. You know, he's like the guy, you know, he is, you know, I almost, I've gotten close to that level of interview. I interviewed Michael Shanker and I'm like, man, I'm close. I'm close to a riff guide. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm almost at Tony. I'm, I'm getting close. Okay. So Matt, for people listening who like, you know, everything you're, you're saying so far, what's, let's go down your rabbit hole a little bit. What was your introduction to music that really started you down this path playing music? Because, you know, especially you know you came from a different time and you know i say this about music in 2022 a lot of people music is a background activity to other things you're doing right music isn't the activity itself you and i came from a time where music was all you really did that's why i'm such a big vinyl guy and i do have to say there is behold the monolith vinyl out there if you want that people but yes, go sir. ahead. What what started you down the music path? Just, you know, I mean, honestly, it was just friends in school. Like my uncle gave me a guitar when I was a kid um, and I, I didn't like it at first. You know, I didn't like really gravitate towards it immediately. Um, and uh, it stayed in the closet. And then like somewhere in junior high school, like I had a friend and I was living in Louisiana. And I had just moved to Baton Rouge from New Orleans. Um and uh, one of my friends, this guy, Mike, he, uh, uh, he played drums. And I was like, well, I, I play guitar, but I didn't know if I just had a guitar. So, like, I, you know, I picked it up and we just started jamming. And that's just kind of what it was. And then I started, like, becoming aware of uh, metal um, bands. I think when I first started... I just like generic rock and like classic rock and stuff. But then I, I got like the maiden and the priest and, and the black Sabbath, the, 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 uh, and that did start with heaven and hell was the first Sabbath record. I yes. then, I, then I went back 
and got a. Uh, there was a Black Sabbath Greatest Hits with like a. It was not Bosch. It's not Hieronymus Bosch, but it's like a similar style painting. It's this old kind of I think semi obscure pressing of a Greatest Black Sabbath Greatest Hits. So that those were my two first metal records was Heaven and Hell and and that. And then we started getting into the, the you know obviously thrash was already happening and like yeah. and we started getting down you know Metallica and I had a friend who's uh who was a little bit more uh, uh financially stable <laughs> like I wasn't like the richest kid you know <laughs> so I couldn't go afford buying a record but my friend who lived you know a few neighborhoods over that way he uh he did he had like all the cool shit and like merciful fate and like venom so then you start getting into that that kind of stuff and so yeah and then my first bands are like classic metal and thrash bands just like high school and you know right after high school and then i came out and and start what did the music school thing and then after music school i just kind of uh and this is like we're getting into like mid 90s and stuff like that um then it was weird and i didn't really relate with some of it as much i related with like bands like sound to be honest you know like i i, I love i've gone back and refreshed my my uh appreciation i like that first wave of like death metal but like i didn't i didn't follow it and then i started uh my first thing for myself was just i wanted to be a musician and a musician first not not like tied down to my you know i wasn't writing it i didn't consider myself mm -hmm. a writer i was just a player and you know i started answering ads and taking jobs you know backing somebody up on guitar or doing this thing over here and I did that for a while and it was kind of, and I moved back to Louisiana and did that for a little bit. You know, you can actually make money playing kind of just generic stuff. And I did, did that. Did you ever play a wedding? Yes. I <laughs> I, 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 you earned that money. <laughs> I earned that money. Um, and then, but like I said, it like, it, I, I, I moved back to LA cause that's just where I felt more at home. And then I, that's when I decided, look, I want to play what I want to play. And that's, serendipitously not too long after that is when i met kevin a little bit before that is when i met billy anderson i i played guitar with this i answered an ad for a band that was looking for uh was looking for a cross between uh the melvins and uli john roth a guitar <laughs> player I answered the ad and these these people and, and the, that record never came out but but they did record with billy anderson and that's where i met billy and uh and then a few years later a couple of years later, uh, me and Kevin started doing our thing. We got Billy involved, and that's kind of where it. Wow. Okay, you're you know you being you know a little older, <clears throat> living through the '90s. A lot of interviews I conduct, you know, guys weren't really you know listening to music in the '90s. What you know, metal. It's 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 pretty known that metal kind of lost its footing in the '90s. What what was it for you about the '90s that you gravitated more towards like the grunge stuff? Not the grunge, or the the rock side of it over the metal. It's like I don't know because I mean, like when I grew up with the metal, and this was like in Louisiana, there wasn't like you know you had your crossover bands and like I'm sure you had like your Pantera. Oh yeah, you had your Pantera. I I honestly was like, I mean Pantera was like, yeah, I mean they were huge, and I I actually liked the earlier stuff better. I I kind of. I don't know, Pantera's like when they started going down the tough guy road, I just kind of 
<laughs> a lot of people yeah like whatever you know it's cool and i can i can appreciate the guitar playing and stuff but like people joke about power metal but i think that's probably one of their best really <laughs> well, okay like as the band that got me into metal i don't think i can defend that myself but that's interesting okay, okay. Riffs, it's just fun 80s riffs and that, that what you know diamond daryl at the time he was just like uh you know he was young and you know yep. he was shredding and I don't know. I just like walk was cool, but like, you know, walk on home, boy. I was just like, eh. I just don't like, I never liked the tough guy. Uh, that was just not my thing. I just wasn't, but like, I'm from Louisiana. So like, he was like a local hero because he's from New Orleans, uh, you know, by way of Texas. For, for, yeah. uh, so, uh, but I'd say, I mean, that kind of led into new metal, which is kind of like, I, I'm not a new metal guy. So like that definitely that so it was easier for me to like I would rather just listen to other stuff than than that and so like the grunge stuff kind of led into that and uh, somebody like Soundgarden they had that seventies riffage you know Alice in Chains those are my two favorite of that period. Alice in so, Chains on on plugs my favorite album of all time <laughs> it's great <clears throat> but I love those like dirt those riffs were awesome. Uh, uh, not super unknown uh, bad motor finger was such a great 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 record and that kind of led me to the melvins kind of thing which kind of led me to like so like during the 90s i guess i did have a lot of like i get i don't want to call it stoner rock but like that's when i started you know i was a big clutch fan for a while i did oh, like I that really clutch clutch. stuff i still like them a lot but like there's something up to like blast tyrant was just like to me they're like oh my god that was awesome uh so yeah, I mean, I would I would rather listen to that, which I guess by definition is more rock than like freaking mushroom head or whatever yeah. else. And I just wasn't into that stuff. I could kind of get into Deftones. I uh, I could appreciate some of. The, I don't know. It wasn't my thing. So that's kind of where metal fell flat for me. Because like when I first discovered metal, it was like the end of the the reign. You know, it was like you know. In, even though it might have been out for a few years, you know, British Steel and like Screw for Vengeance, those fucking records were awesome. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. I mean, maybe it was just because that's what I'm nostalgic for because that's the first thing I heard. I'm sure somebody can be just as nostalgic for a, you know, a Deftones album. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I just, I wasn't hearing that anymore. I was, and I was, that's when I was studying music too. So I was like, going down jazz wormholes blues wormholes and like acoustic guitar stuff and fingerstyle stuff and i wasn't just focused on like i got heavy you rock, so. i got you but then it um, came back around it's weird it came back around to heavy rock so isn't that cool yeah so that I, is is so cool that. you know you guys have always always had some of the sickest album art i'm t i am telling you what and this album Art now from From the Fathomless Deep may be some of the greatest album art I've ever seen. Tell me about how, how that came about. Dusty Peterson, man. Uh, Kevin was friends with Dusty Peterson, uh, I think from an online forum. Uh, I think it was the, I think it was the old, there was an old relapse forum or something. And there was just like a bunch of friends. And I think they just all were friends through that and the dude like meet up at like MDF or whatever. And I think Dusty was in, I don't know that he went to MDF, but he was on that. And um, he had just done, uh, uh, which one was it? Uh, 
Fathomless Mastery? What was the EP right before the Fathomless Mastery bloodbath? Uh, my favorite. They're my favorite freaking group too. Yes. Unblessing the Purity. Yes. Justy did those two album covers. Oh. So we just got hooked up with him from that, and then he's just done our albums ever since. We, you know, Kevin would kind of work it out because he was friends with him. But when Kevin passed away, I started, you know, being the point guy. I mean, he's actually a really cool dude. He came and saw us in uh, Seattle when we played, uh, that's where he's from, uh, with Lord Dying. He came and met me and Chase. Uh, but he's just done our album, all of our album covers. And uh, this last one, he just asked, because the other ones, we always had like a thing. Like the first record, we have the ape on the fucking battle stag. And we were trying to be true, cute. true stoner style. Right. Yeah, we were just, we were just dumb, like kind of intentionally, like just, we thought it was kind of funny and whatever. Defender Redeemist was a more, we had specifically like ideas, like we wanted it to be like a, not to give it away, but like we said, we wanted like the creature with the wing creature and we kind of gave him the uh, heavy metal the album cover with the chick what's her name the, yep uh, but we didn't want it to be like all like bikini and boobs and stuff we were like make her a sensible set of armor and tone it down of, <laughs> tone it down make it like a, 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 a something something functional yeah tone it down so your grandma can look at it and like it right we actually <laughs> i actually kind of had the idea of that sin after sin the little android guy on that yes. kind of like that but like but like we wanted it to be across between that and the screen from vengeance hell so like that's kind of how it started and we we instead of doing the gatefold this way we did it laterally kind of like uh, news of the world by queen where you open yes. the gatefold down so that's what the gatefold for that looks like and then we had similar ideas i think it started off based on uh uh was it warrior at the end of time the hawkwind album <clears throat> variations on that with a bunch of different instructions we got the architects of the void album cover uh because it has that warrior on the edge of the cliff i love that album it, it kind of started there you can't really see it with but whatever uh dusty just asked he's like dude on this album can you can i just do my thing can i just can you just and i was like yeah i was like i don't really have an idea i told him i gave him the music of, from the demos which is what, something we always do we'd always give him the music so he can listen to it while he liked to listen to our stuff while he was doing it um we're like, we've got a couple Lovecraftian tunes, a couple nautical theme tunes, and a and a and a Michael Moorcock, you know, Elric song. So those are the topics on the album. Do whatever you want. And so he came back with the Dagon design, and it just it was awesome. So you know, that's that's Dusty, Dude. maybe inspired to a degree by the music we gave him, but that's that's that. Yeah, great I. Artist. I have a blank canvas of skin here and I'm telling you what I'm not, I haven't landed on anything yet, but Holy smokes, this would make one sick tat tattoo. It would. It would. I've, I've seen a couple of the whole tattoos, but I, I think you're right. In fact, maybe I'll get one. <laughs> yes. There you go. Matt, a couple, a couple the, more. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, I was going to mention, I, I've seen like people get, I've, I've seen a couple of people with the logo and I got a friend that got the logo on his arm and uh and i saw one, one i wish i still knew who it was because he sent me a picture and i, I don't i don't ha i should have written it down because that's like a fan 
that's like awesome. He got the uh, Defender Redeemus, you know, wearing dragon thing on his on his calf. That is, is awesome. so cool. That so, is so cool. But yeah, I mean, it does lend itself to that. If that you know, uh, Matt, look, have you know, looking at the final product though from the Fathomless Deep. Obviously, you're putting it out there. You know, the world's here. Are are you kind of cognizant of it now that hey, you know, we need to keep this momentum. We can't drop off people's radar again. Are yes. you guys going to be doing any things moving forward? Like maybe trying to, you know, you know, you mentioned shows, but maybe kind of dropping like a little EP in the future or something we, to try and stop from maybe dropping off completely. And of course those things out of your control that have happened to you guys. Right, right, right. No, this time we're like, really like, okay, we're doing this again. Let's not, let's not wait six or seven years between records. Obviously we're even like, I would like to do, we're getting in touch with people. We we're basically touring wise. We need to find somebody that'll book us in Europe. Cause like it's been so long that like the guard has kind of changed even from like six, seven years ago. You know what I mean? So like, uh, so we're working on that and we definitely want to tour. I mean, we've never been to the East coast on, and you know, that's another thing we want to do. Uh, Hey, come to Maryland. I would love to see you guys. Oh yeah, we will. Um, right now we're just doing like a little, uh, Pacific Northwest, you know, California, uh, Nevada, Arizona kind of tour. Um, yeah, we have an EP actually recorded that we were going to put out before this album for the same reason. We're just like, hey, we're still here. We got a record coming out in six months, but it just never was. Ripple had it. It came to a point where we're like, well, let's let's save the EP and put it out after. So we do have a record. I'm not exactly sure when it's going to come out. It was originally intended to uh, be for like a animal charity, like do it like for a dog, like a dog rescue. Oh, nice. Guar did yeah. something like that at one of their barbecues. Okay, cool. Great. Uh, yeah, we, we've got, it's four cover tunes basically. Um, so we do have that. It's either going to, we're either going to put it out in a few months or maybe early next year. And then we're already like, kind of trading riffs like Menno's already sent me a couple riffs and I've got a couple already recorded we just have to we've just been really trying to get the uh the psycho set together and uh, the touring set together do and, you uh, know which day you're playing at maybe this will be out before then do you know what day you're playing at psycho at psycho we're playing Saturday you're playing Saturday oh Saturday but Saturday, Saturday night actually we, we the, the times just got released uh we're on at I think 8 45 on Saturday night so yeah, Man. it's great. They have they, it's going until like two a.m., but I'll I'll still take that. That's a great. Oh my time. god, you you damn right you will. And you got you're sharing the bill with Tribulation, Gate yep. Creeper. You know, my God, Frozen Soul, Two Hundred Step, Blood Incantation. Fine. Those two what? bands we're playing up against. We're playing we're playing at the same time as Tribulation and Gate Creeper. <laughs> we're playing that Gate Creeper. I think is playing the pool, and Tribulation's on one of the other stage. So like people will still have to have choices, but we hope, uh, I, I don't know, if people are Behold fans, they should come check us out, you know? Um, now, when when you start to play a festival like this, you know, and you start to really hone your set, are you going to be playing a lot off the new album here, older stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple, uh, we got a couple tunes from a Defender, um, and we have uh, the rest of its new stuff, and a couple covers. That is, we got a couple that covers, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, we have in case like there's like not an encore, but if you have, you know, yeah, whatever. But we have we have that 
I think for the tour, we're going to learn at least one Architects tune because uh, a lot of people do like that record. Uh, but yeah, but right now it's mostly uh, it's mostly stuff from the new record. We got like We Are the Worm, the other video with Kevin that uh, we're doing that one and uh, another song off that album. Now, you said a lot of people like the Architects. Do you not like it? I I think it's good. I It's hard to get into without, like, throw, I don't want to throw anybody. There's no yeah. throwing anybody on the bus, but, like. Because because of the personal stuff going on, you kind of. With, with, like, you know, I mean, the vocals yeah. didn't work out for a reason. Yeah, There are songs, like, uh, so just. I thought that record, a lot of people really like it. And I think sonically, it's really great. And oh, I think it's a banger sonically. And, and, and the riffs are great. The song structures are great. And, and the vocals are, are great, too. I mean, like, it's all, it's a little different. It's a little, went a little bit more into metalcore territory here and there, because that's just where he was from. He's a few years younger than us. And, uh, I think uh, we're definitely going to do some stuff for it from it. It's just a matter of... Uh, you really got to kind of walk a fine line what you play from it. Yeah, because like what the thing is is we felt like with this band it was a rebirth to like our three piece. Yep. So we did the stuff yep. that like that like was our strength as a power trio. You know, with with architects, there's a few songs on there. Like we could probably do the intro track on Bumble Bell, we'd probably do Lord of Bones. Uh we probably will eventually. Yeah. But, uh, I think uh oh geez, I got some crawling on my back. Uh, <laughs> dog back here, sorry. He's adorable. Uh, I know he's he's great. Um, yeah, um, I, we don't intentionally have. I feel like Architects artistically was a little bit of a missed opportunity. I think a lot of it was there. I think most of us came prepared, and uh, at the end Others of the day, did it. it is, yeah. What? You know, but, but you like, but you know what though that's that's part of a band's history, and I'm glad that we're yeah. not talking about Matt. The guy who, yeah, we put out that, and then we just stopped. Right. Yeah. No, we pushed forward. It took us a little while, and like we were all doing other shit, you know. I mean, uh, I I did the like I said earlier in the thing, you know. I did. We me and Chase did the Armored Saint thing. I mean, I did the Armored Saint thing. Me and Chase did the Lord Dying thing. Chase had a he did some fill-in shows for, uh, which is really cool in Japan with Graham Bonnet. You know, so we're all kind of still on that low-key like metal higher gun radar a little bit so we were all doing stuff it wasn't like we were just totally like smoking weed and going to rehab or something <laughs> fucking, you know it was it was uh yeah. you know there was we were we were active it's just the whole was kind of in, yeah uh, i got what you're saying changing form or whatever. yeah well matt i have a little girl who is begging for ice cream and she wants to play some monopoly with her dad so, no uh, and you have things you need to do soon. So I will let you go, but I will give you the final say, sir. And then I will let you go about your way. Tell people maybe where to go, where, where to check out. Oh, uh, as far as us, uh, well, uh, go check out our band camp. That's like, you know, money in our pocket to help whatever, uh, behold the monolith band camp also ripple, uh, or go grab it from ripple. If you'd rather support them, uh, that's, they've been great. I didn't really get to talk to them, but, uh, Todd and Ripple, that's the first record we've actually done with a label. So uh, everything else has been totally DIY. Um, they've been fantastic. Uh, the vinyl looks great. That was all Todd. 
So I'd say check them out. Um, come see us at Psycho if this podcast yes. comes out before that. Um, if not, we're going to be touring in, uh, the starting mid-September for a couple weeks. Um, and uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Behold the Monolith, BTM Band on Twitter, although we kind of suck at Twitter. so <laughs> Hey, we all have things we're good and things we're, we're not yeah. good. Not great at that- Twitter, but I think that's all. I think that's all the stuff. Great. Um, I, I love, 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 you know, I've supported you for years and I will continue to again. Thank you for giving me like a Christmas present. When that track came on, I was like, I told you just blown away. I love this album. I love, love, love it. Everybody. If you like my recommendations or you like Matt's wonderful personality, please go check it out. Matt, thank you for the time today, sir. Hey, no problem. Thank you. And uh, enjoy what the ice cream. Is that what you're doing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. See you, man.